Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. How many of y'all believe the Lord is in this place? How many of y'all believe we've already had church? Pack it up, guys. We're going home. Amen? Amen. I want to read the passage of Scripture to you, then we're going to pray together. Then we're going to talk about being a witness today and telling your story. It says in Acts 22 and verse 3, Paul is going before the defense for the Jews. He tells this. We know the story from the first part of Acts, but also in Acts chapter 26 when he's before the king of Agrippa. When he says, I think myself happy. How many of y'all know there's times in our life we have to think ourselves happy, right? It says in verse 3, it says, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in the city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel. According to the strictness of the law of our fathers, being ardent and passionate for God, just as all of you are today. I persecuted and pursued the followers of this way to the death, binding them with the chains and putting followers of Jesus, both men and women, into prison. As a high priest and all the council of the elders, the Sanhedrin Jewish high court can testify because from then I received letters to the brothers and I was on my way to Damascus in order to bring those believers who were there to Jerusalem in chains to be punished. But as I was on my way, approaching Damascus about noontime, a great blaze of light suddenly flashed from heaven and shone around me. And I fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I replied, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus the Nazarene, whom you are persecuting. Now those who are with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I asked, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord answered me, get up and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that is appointed and destined for you to do. But since I could not see because of the glorious intensity and dazzling brightness of that light, I was led by the hand by those who were with me and came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the standard of the law and well spoken by the Jews who lived there, came to see me and standing near, he said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I looked up at him. And he said, the God of our Father has appointed you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear a message from from his mouth. For you will be his witness. Everybody say witness. Come on, say witness one more time. Witness to all men testifying of what you have seen and heard. Now, why do you delay? Get up and be baptized and wash away your sins by calling on his name. Thank, Thank you, God, for your name that's in the room. That at your name, every knee must bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord, your word says that at your name, uh, 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 the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are made safe. So we call upon you, God, King of kings, Lord of lords, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first, the last, the author, the finisher of our faith. And we pray, God, that you would be magnified, the enemy would be defeated, and Jesus Christ would be Lord in our life today. I pray, God, as the word that you've given forth to me right now, this practical word, I pray that it would not go on deaf ears, but God, I pray that we would open our hearts to receive what you have in store for us. God, we pray for the Astros that they'd beat the Yankees in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord praise this morning. 
Look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad you came to church today. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I want to tell you, we got some big things happening uh, here in the church tonight. We have Beyond the Veil, or Behind the Veil. I always want to say Beyond. Behind the Veil uh, with, with Judy at 6.30 tonight. And I believe you'll be blessed by that. And also Tuesday night, we have Ronnie Jackson here, our congressman. He'll be here at 6.30. Amen. Conservative Patriots for Texas. And uh, uh, Wednesday night, we got church. Let's go. Amen. And uh, Saturday, we got a work day. And Sunday, coming, this next Sunday coming up, we have our big fall festival. And it's a great way for Arena of Life. Let this little light of mine, I'm going to let it. Amen. All right. Now, I want to tell you, you guys did good second service, so if I bust out into song, you guys help me out with that. You know, on the way to church this morning, uh, me and Ketch was riding to church, and Ray Jean Wilson, you may not know who he is, but he came on my podcast, what I was listening to. It's the Bloodbot Church. You ever heard that song before? It's the Bloodbot, the church, the redeemed. Well, we are in that army of the Lord. We've been washed in the blood. And we are going forth. I love that song because that's what I feel like every Sunday morning when we come together. God is raising up an army to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen. And if you weren't here last week, I started this brand new series, This Little Light of Mine. uh, How God wants to use each and every one of us to be the salt and light. The Bible tells us uh, in this particular text right here in Matthew chapter 5 on the Sermon on the Mount, he says, you're the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how then can it be flavored? And then he talks about being a light. He says, you're a light, a city that's set on the hill. He said, you don't put your light under a basket that nobody can see the light. And then he talks about in verse 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. If people are going to taste and see that the Lord is good, We've got to first be the salt so they can taste it. And we've got to be the light so they can see it. I'm going to say that one more time. If people are going to taste and see that the Lord is good, we've got to be the salt so they can taste it. And we've got to be the light so they can see it. And so we as the body of Christ, we as Christians, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The Bible says that we're made in the image of Christ. We are Christians, meaning we're like Christ. We're followers of Christ. We've got to be who he is. And the Bible tells us in Luke 19 that that, uh, the Son of Man came to seek and to save those things which were lost. In the book of Acts, he says, uh, uh, Jesus of Nazareth came. What does it say? I've just lost my train of thought. Healing all who are oppressed by the enemy. How many of y'all know we serve a, a Savior that gets lost things found, and he heals bodies, and he delivers us. Come on, that's my whole point this morning. Even though I messed up on the scripture there, sometimes I see squirrels, but that's okay. Y'all pray for me this morning. But if I was to think about, I said this quote last week, I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know God will want to know God because they know me. And I believe it's the heart of God because if we're If that's what Jesus came to do, that's what God has called us to do. That he is interested in lost things being found. And I was thinking about this. How many of y'all have ever lost something before? Let me just see a show of hands. You know, you've lost a wedding ring. You've lost your marbles. You've lost, uh, we've lost kids before. All right, don't look at me judgmental. Some of y'all I have too. 
But I, I lost a kid at Millennial Mall in uh, uh, Orlando, Florida. It's a big place, a lot of people there, all right? And you know, when you do the count, we're missing one. And it was Anson. How many of y'all know when you lose a kid, you don't care about lunch, you don't care about where you're about to go, you don't care about nothing because you are distracted, distracted by the lost one. I tell you, I didn't think this. I got four here. I'm missing one. I'm batting 75%. Who cares about the one? We're good to go. How many of y'all know I'd be a terrible father? How many of y'all know our father God would be a terrible father if he didn't leave the 99 and go after the one? Are you hearing me this morning? In Luke 15, he talks about finding lost things because that's what he's into. He's into losing uh, lost coins being found, lost sheep being found, lost sons coming back in. How many of y'all believe in God for a son to come back into the kingdom of God from the north to south? A daughter, come on. But that's what he's into. It's the heart of God. You don't, you get distracted by things that are lost. And in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9, it says this. It says, but you are God's chosen treasure. You are. Everybody say me. me. Lots of times we think, well, pastor, that's your job. Or it's my granny's job who is a one God apostolic tongue-talking holy roller. It's her job. Or it's, you know, uh, the associate or the elders. It's those people's job. But I'm here to tell you it's your little light of yours. You need to make it shine. So it says, but you are God's treasure, God's chosen treasure priest. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. Who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would broadcast. You know what we're very good at doing? We're broadcast, good at broadcasting all the bad things. How many of y'all know we need to change our repertoire? We need to change the way we talk. We need to change those things and broadcast what? His glorious wonders throughout the world. For at one time you went, this is so good in the passion. For at one time you were not God's people, but now you are. At one time you knew nothing of God's mercy because you hadn't received it yet, but now you are drenched with it. We ought to take some time this morning to thank him for the mercies of God that are new every single morning. You don't deserve it, but he gives it to you anyway. But my whole point is this, evangelism of what he's done on the inside of you. You know, <clears throat> the other night, Brandy and I were coming home from a date, and we, we went by, I, we were driving down Sauncey, and we were making the bend there on I-40. There's this new restaurant. I think they serve wings and burgers at Twin Peaks, but I don't, I'm not sure. Hadn't been there yet. I said Twin Peaks in the first service, and people's eyes got all big. It's like, I was not there. I'm just saying that's where I was driving by, all right? Heard it's a glorified Hooters. I'll never know. I'm not going in. And so I uh, make in the corner there, and people had this concrete slab, and they were out there in front. Here, you know what? Change it. Y'all remember over there at the Midas on 45th when people used to go out with some big speakers and PA system? And there'd be people that would be pointing their fingers, and what were they screaming? Hey, you're going to hell. I remember one time I was very curious, and I pulled up there to them, and they're, they're yelling it. I said, hey, what are y'all doing? This guy's smoking a cigarette. I said, hey, what are you doing? He said, we're evangelizing. And I said, evangelizing. And as the guy's yelling, you're going to hell, and I said, what are you doing? You, you, you smelling like you've already been there, and you're testifying today? Of course, I had to smart off. Come on, y'all, that's funny. I ain't even gonna, 
But my whole point was this. Y'all, that's not evangelism. You know what evangelism is? Not to say, talk about you. It's to talk about what God's done in me. I'm gonna say that one more time. Evangelism is when you testify of what God's done in you, not to point the finger at somebody else. Are you hearing me? You know what a good evangelist is? Is one who has had lived, lived a life and a story of, 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 of things that have gone through them, but then they tasted and seen that the Lord is good. That's what makes a great evangelist of what testifying about what happened in their life. See, the reason I shared the story of Paul was because people mess this up. As a young youth pastor, there's people who come to me and say, hey, I want to come tell my story. And they'd come in, and I learned how to ask them questions and kind of coach them up before they came and talked to youth. Because youth, you guys are a lot more polite than youth, all right? Youth are hard to speak to. Kids are even worse than that. But I, I wanted to teach them up because they would come in and they would tell this testimony in front of all these kids and they would say, you may not know who I am, but uh, at one time in my life, I was so low, a mosquito wouldn't even bite me. I lost my job, my four-wheel drive. I even got thrown out of my trailer. All because of one thing, free base and cocaine. <laughs> they talk about strippers and poles and they talk about methamphetamines and all this different stuff and at the very end, They'd say, but then I gave my life to Christ, and you should too. I was thinking to myself, no, you're just telling these kids how awesome it was to do methamphetamines, snort crack up your nose, sleep with loose women, and have a big time in the world. When I read the book of Acts here, you know what I see in Paul's testimony? I see it's little mess, and it's more miracle. Let's say that one more time. It's little mess, and it's more miracle. Come on, when you testify and tell your story of what God's done in your life, let's not focus on all the things. You know, like Pastor Brandy, many of you do not know this, and I'm not going to tell her story because it's not mine to tell, but when I first met her, she wore dicky pants with a 9 millimeter in it. She was selling drugs. She was doing drugs. She was, at times, I picked her up one time, I'm like, what is the matter with you? I didn't know she was hiring a Georgia pine tree at the time, and I didn't know anything about that. But here's the deal. When she tells that story, you don't get all those things. I can tell you more stories about it. It's not my story to tell. But her, her whole focus is, I'm going to focus on the Lord and what he's done in my life and not what the enemy did. Are you hearing me? That's when you know it's a good testimony. Because the enemy has already gotten enough glory for what you did in the past. But how many of y'all know we serve a God of the future? And when the enemy tries to remind you of your past, you remind him of your future. It's not that you don't, I mean, you hear Pastor Shannon's testimony. This is a great example. He could tell you that there was all kinds of drugs involved and he was living in a van down by the river, VW van. But you know what? I've, I've never heard him tell his story to where he glorifies the enemy more than he does our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why I wanted to share that, because that's what evangelism is. You telling your story of how God is, how many of y'all are in here today say God's healed your body, God's delivered you, God has taken you from a, from a, there was a time in your life where, you know, you didn't have enough, but you met Jehovah Jireh, your provider. There was a time in your life you needed healing, you met Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. Come on, how many of y'all thankful for the Lord today? And so in that, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, it's a pillar of scripture that I love. He said, uh, you shall receive power. Jesus is speaking. 
uh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. A couple of weeks ago as I was preaching on a Wednesday night, I believe it was the Spirit of God. I know it was because I didn't rehearse this in my head. But it was by the Spirit of God talking about the courtroom. And, and lots of times, and I'm going to get on to some believers here today, but lots of times we as believers, through our Facebook posts and our text messages we send and phone conversations that we have and one-on-one interaction, we feel like God has called us to be the judge. God has not called you to judge. Looking at a courtroom, there's a judge, there's a jury, there is um, a counsel, there is defense, but then somebody who is standing behind the microphone that puts his hand in the air, one hand on the Bible, and it says, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. He's not talking about anybody else's story, he's telling his story of what happened. Did we not see in the, in the story of Paul that God called him to be a witness? How many of y'all know that God has called us to be the witness, not the judge, not the jury? Come on, not the defense. God's just called us to be a witness of what he's done in my life. And, and thinking about that particular text, in fact, I said it that night, was the story of John chapter 9 and verse 24. It says, so a second time they called the man who had been born blind and said to him, give God glory and praise. So this men of the Sanhedrin, they see this man, blind man has been healed. And they come to him and said, don't give praise to this guy who healed you, but give it to God. He said, we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner separated from God. Verse 25. Then the blind guy, he answers him. He said, I don't know whether it, he is a sinner separated from God, but one thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. I may not be a smart man, but I know this, that at one time I was lost, but now I have been found. Do I have to dumb it down enough like Forrest Gump? All right, do I, do I have to do that? Uh, listen, sometimes I feel like I have to. When you, when you get around something evil, you need to just run like the wind blows. But it's just like that. I may not be a smart man, but I do know this. At one time, I was bound, I was blind, and I couldn't see anything. But I met this man, Jesus, and he turned my life around. Come on, who's with me this morning? I don't care who you are. That's good preaching right there. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And so we've got to tell our story. And I want to give you some pointers this morning on how you tell your story. If you go to 1 Peter again, chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3. And I shared this last week, but, and I ended with this particular point, but I want to hit it on, on this again. Number one, when you tell your, t- talking about telling your story, you need to share the hope that you have. Write that down, share the hope that you have. Like I felt in the ministry time this morning before the preaching moment here was um, people need to know this. When they come to you and they say, hey, I'm going through this. Because how many of y'all know the people in the world, they're going through some of the same things we go through. How many of y'all know the world is going through inflation just as much as we are? The world is going through paying the same gas prices that we're paying. The world is, their kids are being taught the same things that our kids are being taught. Uh, but we have a hope on the inside of us that we go grab onto. There's been times before where I've ministered to people that I can tell whether or not they have the hope at a funeral. 
because they are grieving in a way that they'll never see them again. But how many of y'all know Thessalonians tells us this, that we don't have to grieve like the world grieves because we have a promise in our heart that we're always looking up, that we will meet with them again if we've, they've asked Jesus to be the Lord of their life. Like we grieve and we're upset and we're sad they're gonna be gone, but we have a hope on the inside of us that we will meet with them again. Come on, who's with me this morning? We go through the rain, we go through the wind, we go through all the things, but here's the deal. Our, our, our life is a wise man builds it on the rock and we have hope in the hope of our salvation in his name is Jesus. The race has already been run, right? The price has already been paid. And so right here in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15, he says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason. And I want to invite you on, on Wednesday nights. Uh, Pastor Robert is getting down to the nitty-gritty of defending the faith. And we as a body of Christ, we need to know why we may know what we believe, but we don't know why we believe what we believe. And so he's getting down to that, and that's what he's talking about. You need to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. There's the kicker there. So why do you have hope? I wrote these three things down. This is very simple, but why do you have hope? Just questions to have inside of your mind. Um, I got my hair cut yesterday, and the young lady that was cutting my hair, she told me about a gentleman that was in beforehand. And he had just gotten out of a rehab, a year-long rehab uh, for doing pills, and, he was, he, and, and she was saying, you, I could just tell the boy was lost. And he was joined the AA program, <clears throat> which I think is totally great. But this is what he said. He said this, I don't know what my higher power is. And she said, I was at a place, I'm a young Christian, I didn't know how to share with him that I believe in Jesus. I mean, I told him that I was a Christian, but I was very lost. And this is, this is what I, this is kind of what I, told her, I said, you need to tell him just down, down nuts and bolts of what happened in your life. You were lost, but now you're found. I know at one time I didn't have peace, but now I do have peace. There's nothing more powerful than you telling your story of how Christ restored you. And so I gave her some pointers, and in, in this is what I said. The first thing you do, and you can write this down if you want to, this is a part of share the hope you have, is number one, how you realize that you needed Christ. How many of y'all know before Christ, you didn't realize you needed Christ, but the whole time you were searching, you were certain, searching for something you didn't realize what it was, it was Jesus, but you realized you needed him the whole time when you came to the Lord. How many of y'all, did I just confuse you? That's like saying, they know that we think that they know we know they know we know. Does that make sense? How many of y'all know we realized that we needed Christ? And I came to a place, at one time, I realized that I needed a healer. I realized that I needed a deliverer. I realized that I, I needed, I was lonely and afraid and all by myself, and I needed someone that would stick closer than any brother in my life. Here's the second thing, how I committed my life to Christ. Now, everybody in here, you came from a different background, and people have watched TV and they may get scared of how they committed to Christ. Like, if, if I do this, am I going to have to wear a suit and tie? Hell no. That's what I'd say. I'm sorry. You know, I'm keeping it real, bro. 
Aren't you thankful we don't wear one here? <clears throat> Lord, forgive me. Can you erase that off the tape? Or they're thinking to themselves, you know, like, how many of y'all know there's so many religions out there, you've got to go through steps in order to get to that? How many of y'all know Jesus took the one and only step of dying on the cross for you and I? And they don't know how it looks like. Do I have to be, do I have to, you know, give them my social security number and give them blood to enter the church? Or, you know, there's crazy stuff out there, but just share with them, no, this is what I did. I got on my knees and I admitted that I was a sinner. And I believed in my heart that he died. He was buried and on the third day he rose again. And I confessed him as my Lord and personal Savior. And I can't tell you the peace that happened on the inside of me. Just share with them how you committed your life to Christ. Because there's so many crazy things that people are thinking out there of what you have to do. Aren't you thankful that we serve a God that we don't have to do anything? It's everything that he's already done for us. We just have to accept and believe. That's the gospel. Here's the third thing is this. You need to share with them the difference Christ has made in your life. And if he hasn't made a difference, then maybe you're not saved. How many of y'all all know there is a difference that Christ has made in our life? So the first one is this. Share the hope that you have. Everybody say, share the hope. The next one is this. Not everybody I feel like can say this, but I feel like we can here. The second one is this. Share your church. Um, the parable of the Great Supper in Luke chapter 14, that's where I went. In verse 23, it says this. And I, I'm not going to get into detail about the parable of the Great Supper, but he says, Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. You're one of the, one of the great things. Uh, that I hear of calling visitors all the times is this, that people feel at home when they come in here. Like people are friendly here. Can I tell you, there, there's some places, uh, I'm sure across Amarillo, but uh, I'm sure that, especially in the United States as a church as a whole, people are coming in, stuck up, and all that different stuff. But I want to applaud Arena of Life Church that this is a place where people feel welcomed, people feel at home. People feel like they belong. Amen. Give yourself a hand. Isn't that great? Would y'all all agree with that, that you feel at home when you walk in this place? And so what he says, he goes, go into the highways and byways and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Number one is this. If you're going to share your church, uh, we have invitation cards that you can pick up. Pastor Brandy and myself, we invite people all the time to come to church because we believe life change happens in the church. We believe Jesus said this, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe there's something powerful when saints come together. Forsake ye the, uh, do not forsake ye the assembling of saints together, especially when you see the day approaching. There's something powerful that happens when believers come together in one house. Amen. The Bible tells us in the upper room they were all in one accord. And so as we believe that and we share that with people, we want to invite them. But number one, write this down. We're going to pray for them. Let's pray for the lost. When we get together on Sunday nights and we pray, I know Judy does this for sure in her group uh, with the um, intercessory prayer group, but we constantly here at Arena of Life, we pray for the lost. We pray this. This is what I pray, that they would come to Christ, that God would put his spirit within them, that he would turn their heart of stone into a heart of flesh, 
that he would circumcise their heart, that God would grant them repentance, that God would take off their blind influencers. We pray that he would extend his mercy towards them. We pray that they'd have divine appointments and whatever struggle or distraction or situation that they're going through right now, that they would turn to him and not to the enemy. And Lord, it would be revealed to them that God is still on the throne. So we're gonna pray for him, amen? We're gonna pray for him. Number one, pray for him. Number two is this, we're gonna add value. I heard this many years ago and it says this. People don't care what you know until they know what you care. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. You know, one of the things this next uh, Sunday night down here at the, um, at the arena when we have our fall festival event, that's a great way. You know, people, at that, people that are coming here, they may not care what we know, but they'll know that we care. When we walk around and we smile and we give them candy, come on, somebody. How many of y'all know candy doesn't uh, bless the hearts of many people, even myself? Come on, Almond Joy, if you're asking, just saying. Praise the Lord. Coconut and almonds, hallelujah. But as we do that, what are we doing? We're adding value to them. You know, when you open doors and you smile, and you act like Jesus lives on the inside of you, and that the joy of the Lord is your strength, and when you go outside of these walls, what are you doing? You're adding value to them. See, if you've already got the door shut, you're gonna have to spend more time knocking just to even get a, get a way in. But if you've already got a door in, and you've been praying for them, as you add value, when you invite them, they say, I'd love to come with you. Are you hearing me? Because the last thing is this, you invite them to church. And can I tell you, the best Sunday that you'll ever experience in church is the one that you prayed for, the one that you finally invited and they came and then they came forward and gave their life to Christ. I'm telling you, that's the best Sunday you'll ever experience. Amen. I heard a poll recently that 60%, especially in the North, this isn't necessarily for our Southern Bible Belt people. But in the north, 60% of people that you invite aren't necessarily going to come to church just because you invite them. So that brings me to my next point is this. You're going to have to learn how to share Christ yourself. So number one is you share the hope. Number two, you share your church. But the last one is this, you share Jesus. Can I tell you this? Every one of you in this room, God has called you to share the Lord. It's not just on me to share the, uh, to pray the sinner's prayer with somebody. God has called each and every one of you. Moms, dads, whoever you are, grandmas, grandpas, neighbors, friends, coworkers. Listen, I am more than happy to seal the deal, but God in his word shows us so clearly that God wants to use us to pray that prayer with somebody else. And I want to tell you, even this week, wherever I am, whatever where I'm doing, I'm looking for a door of opportunity. I ask people all the time, you a believer? In fact, God was in the barn on Friday. I, I know he's a believer. And I asked him, I said, now what kind of believer are you? And he goes, well, I believe. I said, no, like, are you a one God apostolic tongue-talking holy roller? He goes, my wife is. <laughs> I said, well, you can't be too, buddy. You can't be too. My whole point is this, is that we have to learn 
business owners, we have to learn. Neighbors, we, 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 we have to learn to share Christ. And I'm going to break it down very simple here. If I had the chalkboard, this is what I would do. This is how I do it. There's a problem. There's a solution. And there's a response. And then there's the ABCs. It's easy as one, two, three. I'm going to start singing, but I'm not going to. The problem is this. You ready? Y'all lean in right here. You come back and listen to it if you need to. But this is how you share Christ. I've given you some examples of how you share the hope and you share the church. I'm just giving you ways on how we tell our story. The third one is this, share Christ. Number one, this, the problem. And the problem is this, it's sin. The Bible tells us this, that sin separates us from God. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is something in your life that is separating you from the glory of God. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned. Raise your hand if you've sinned in your life. All of us. It says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I've shared this many times. This is coming straight from my heart. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So meaning this. God desires for us to be in his presence. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. But because of sin in our life, decisions that we've made for us following our own fleshly desires, it separates us from being in the glory of God. And the Bible tells us in Romans 6, 23. Now, I'm very careful of saying that even. I'll be like, the word says this in Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death. Sin produces death in our life. I like to share this. Hell is not a place that God sends of people that he's mad at. Hell is a place that people have paid for their own sin and they died. Right? I'm getting real soft-spoken because I want you to hear this. This is very important. Hell is a place where people have paid for their own sin and they died. It's not a place where people are mad at because it says the wages of sin is death. So the problem in our life is sin. From very back beginning, book of the bottom, Adam and Eve, sin came into the world. But the solution is Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's the opposite of death. It's life. Romans 5, 8 says, but God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like I love programs. I love Life Challenge. And one of the reasons that I love Life Challenge, here's why, is because they point to the only truth, John 14, 6. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You're not going to get the same solution from anywhere else. You can make inner programs and things like that that will help you. But the best freedom that you, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. The solution is Jesus. Acts 4, 4 and verse 12 says this. And there is salvation and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among people by which we must be saved. So number one, we have a problem. Number two, there's a problem with sin. Number two, the solution, solution is Jesus. And number three is this. It's the response. Response is we've got to do something about it. The Bible says repent and he'll forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness.
Come on, I'm teaching you all how to do some things this morning. John 1 and verse 12 says, but, but to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the right to become children of God. That is to those who, hit, who believe in his name. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Let's read it together. I've said it many times before. This is a scripture we need to know. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power and authority and majesty as God and believe in your hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Acts tells us, he who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in his justification, and with the mouth he acknowledges and confesses. I'm telling you, first, number one, there's a problem. Number two, the problem is sin. Number two, solution is Jesus. Number three is the response, that they do something about it. And here's the ABCs of when you pray with somebody. You can do this however you want to. Uh, through the, the problem, the solution, the response, however God gives it to you, but I'm just telling you, it's worked for me many times. The last one is the ABCs. Number one, A, they admit that they're a sinner. That's confession. Number two, B, ABC. They believe that Jesus died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. C is this, we confess him as our Lord. One last scripture I want to share with you. Revelation 3.20, it says this. Behold, I stand at the door and continue to lock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in, I will eat with him, and he with me. One last thing I want to leave you with is this. That's what the Lord does is he stands at the door and knocks. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do this. He knocks. A few years ago, we were at a uh, we were at a um, choir of the fire in in Dallas with a bunch of teenagers. You're not going to believe this. Crazy kids started doing some bad things, so I had to get up and go up go up to a room and take care of some stuff. So I come back down. Brandy is pregnant with Anson. She is so dead asleep that I go downstairs to get my key. And they won't give me a key because I don't have my license. So we call the room. She doesn't answer. So I'm starting, my ears are starting to turn red. Husbands, have your ears ever turned red with your wife? So I go to the room and I knock. Then I start banging. Then I start, y'all ever done this? Where you put your back to the wall? Boom. Boom. I'm pounding on the door. She still didn't wake up. I'm like, we're going to have to do something here. But even though I didn't wake her up, you know who I did wake up? Everybody else on the hall. I got the finger. I, told, I was told where to go. All kinds of different stuff. Like, buddy, go to sleep. I can't. My bed's in there. So is my wife. I hope she's still alive. But anyways, I'll pray for her, raise her from the dead if it comes down to that. But I'm pounding on the door. I just want to tell you this. When you act like this with the gospel, not only does it make them stay asleep, but it also affects the people that are around them. Are you hearing me? Our goal is not to push them farther away. 
Our goal is to have that contract spirit on the inside of us just knocking. Saying, hey, can I share the hope of what he's done in my life to you? I see you're going through a hard time. Can I share the hope? Can I share my church with you? I'm telling you, I know your life is screwed up right now. But I'm telling you, you just come get in the presence of God. It'll be like a feeling you've never felt before. But also to share Christ. Listen, the problem is us. It's sin. The solution is Jesus. And if your response today is to accept him, your life will never be the same again. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. When you do this, remember, you always got three fingers pointed back at you. You just tell, you do, you tell your side of the story. You tell your side of the story. Let's say that again. You tell your side of the story. Come on, let's stand to our feet this morning. How many of y'all get something out of the word today? Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.